Hello, my name's Glenn Corder and I'm an Associate Professor at the University of Queensland's Sustainable Minerals Institute, or SMI. I'm going to be hosting SMI's second podcast episode and we'll be speaking to Professor Longbin Hwang. Longbin is the group leader for uh, the Ecological Engineering and Mine Waste Program that uh, sits within SMI's Centre for Mine Land Rehabilitation. Longbin's research focuses on getting better economic and ecological sustainability outcomes for mine sites and really doing this by developing new technologies that will help rehabilitate tailings, tailings from metal mine sites in particular. So dealing with mine waste is, is, a, is a major issue for the industry. So maybe Longbin, you can just explain to me how your team's research is helping to solve this, this major problem. Really, the, we all know most of the uh, base metal or precious metal the coming from the ore is a very small amount. So the company, after extracting the useful thing, they leave behind tons, billions of tons of mine waste, including waste rock, uh, tailings. The tailings is really very fine uh, ore left behind after all the chemical extraction of useful metals and minerals. So they are chemically and physically very, very bad. So it's, it's very hard to put them back to ecologically safe, environmentally safe state. So then, and in Australia alone, there's probably about uh, 15 copper letting company going to be closed in the next 15, 30 years. There's about 3,000 hectare redmond that residue and with more and more company start to come into the closure phase and finishing phase the suddenly they start to realize the cost needed to rehabilitate or to put the mine waste domain or landscape on the mine site back to non-polluting that means you will not generate polluting water or polluting dust to affect the surrounding environment or community and put them back to a more sustainable land use. Either the land use is for open public or picnic or for conservation or for natural vegetation. Cost is very high. For example, it's uh, lead and zinc mine tailings and uh, red mud. The, the reason called red mud is actually because very, very high iron oxide content in the bauxite ore uh, the bauxite ore in Queensland mostly de- deposit in uh, Weeper, in northern uh, Queensland. So after the mining, most of the bauxite ore has been sold to China, Korea, and other country, and America. But we also refine a lot of them in Queensland. That the the refinery business is worth about sixteen billion dollars annually. But of course, when they finish the aluminum oxide, that's alumina extraction, most of the stuff is left behind. And they are very alkaline. Also contain, uh, the pH mostly is above 10. So that's contain a lot of these uh, metals, which can be potentially polluting. So how to put them back to be non-polluting and safe? And so this is the major challenge really facing the industry in the next decades to come because more and more these metal mines or base metal mine uh, or refineries come into closure phase in the future 
So that's what the central mission of my research group is to try to provide leading innovative uh, technology underpinned by more up-to-date knowledge about the behavior, these mind waves like tailings. Then the industry have the confidence to utilize this technology, deploy them to achieve much improved cost effectiveness, so save money basically, and also to make the environment much safer. So there's no pollution coming out and then the vegetation or land use option can be become more sustainable. Uh, means you do not need to have expensive ongoing management inputs to mitigate any problem. Otherwise, it is threatened the sustainability of the industry. The sustainability is expressed not only just environment, the ecology. A lot of cases is financial. Because, for example, a sulfitic lead zinc tailings and red mud can be easily cost a million dollars per hectare. So if you calculate all those tailings, hectares, surface area and red mud, you're talking about 60 to 90 billion dollars in the next 30 years. So if you can save 30%, 10%, 50%, that's significant. Of course, any technology will take time. You made the comment about this research takes time and it takes time to, to do it well. How long have you been working away at doing this and, and growing your team to actually deliver these good research yeah, outcomes? Yeah. The, the research direction of ecological engineering of mine waste has taken about eight years to lay the solid foundation. I joined uh, the SMI back in 2008. I come from a research background quite broader spectrum of uh, soil science, plant physiology, cropping systems to uh, plantation forestry systems. And also I did some work on aquatic toxicology of tailing spillage and uh, food nutrition of metals, how to benefit human nutrition. So I think my research background is it's non-conventional based on the current discipline-focused career per se. So I'm coming from this mixed research background ranging from soil science to plant science from system scale down to molecular transporters. I had a project try to understand how can we understand the mechanisms of iron and zinc can be transferred more from the leaves into the flowers into the grain so we can benefit human uh, nutrition. I also did a chemical engineering project by using food grade IEDTA, zinc EDTA to add extra iron and zinc into rice. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that technology has been published, it's free, everyone can use it. But from that background gave me a very strong footing is I can start to imagine research challenge from different level, from micro, from conceptual to technological systems, from test tube level, lab level, to broad acre scaling up. So each level has different challenges and complexity. So I call my research translational research from concept to field applicable technology. So after I joined here, I was leading development this uh, new knowledge and new technology of uh, copper lead zinc tailings up, up in more iron mines. And so that's how we took the first five years to cast the new concept. But what is really tailings rehabilitation 
And that differentiate our approach from conventional soil remediation approach because all these mine waste and tailings, they are just leftover polyminerals, multi-minerals. They're not soil. And conventional methodology often approached it from soil remediation approach. That's why if you look at across the industry, look at across the literature, until we come onto the landscape, you don't see any real case of effective technology to rehabilitate, to remediate the tailings landscape. Because and, and conventional uh, methodology always resort to massive volume of covering material. So you dump on top of compressed clay or waste rock and topsoil. So that requires about at least one to two meters thick to cover on top there. And that costs a lot of money. That's also causing secondary disturbance to the natural landscape to supply those, those material. That's biggest biggest shock to me when I first taking on the land, Tailings Landscape uh, Rehabilitation Project, when I see the natural landscape so barren and not, not much topsoil at all, where can we get that topsoil? So that triggers us to develop this uh, research framework, conceptual framework and technological framework. Say, how can we use engineering to stimulate and to prime accelerate the ecological process so we can make the substrate of the tailings or mine waste or red mud become chemically, geochemically much more stable. So then we can have much cheaper, much more sustainable technology to address this issue. And so this different approach that you've taken, going down from the micro scale up to the, to the macro scale and taking a an engineering and systems approach to it. I mean, there must be some career highlights. I have to say it was very challenging to, uh, firstly, to get the conceptual framework together. We wrote a review paper back in 2011. That's the first time we cast our conceptual framework about tailings, ecological engineering and rehabilitation. That's a very broad conceptual model. So I think now people start realize what I proposed back then even we didn't have much research evidence because it was in the early phase. And then that conceptual framework and model laid the foundation, laid on that evolved to tackle iron ore tailings, bauxite residual red mud, sulfitic tailings, copper tailings. That actually led to our successful award of the Australian Research Council Industry Linkage Project in 2016. That's the first industry scale to looking at how to convert less polluting tailings, that's magnetite iron ore tailings, become gross media. So something looks like soil or close to soil functionality. And that one went very well. And then we took the same approach, of course, the detailed scientific process and uh, mineralogical process, etc. they're different when you're dealing with different mine waste or tailings. So we utilize that approach we start to look into bauxite residue back in 2015 and from uh, lab scale, from test tube scale. And then we building up the evidence, we proved the concept that really resulted multi-million dollar uh, field scale research projects funded by Rio Tinto uh, at Gove Refinery, because Gove Refinery was, uh, now has gone into a closure phase. 
and we also uh, won a, a, a big um, field project grant uh, from uh, Queensland Aluminum Limited. So our group, or our, uh, if you scale up our institute and our university, uh, it's uh, one of the dominant leaders now in technological research of uh, red mud rehabilitation for um, alumina refinery industry. Can you just elaborate on some of the successes that you've had at using your technology at the at larger red mud sites such as up at Gove and uh, QAL? I mean, I think that strongly engaged industry partners is very vital to our um, success achieved so far. So the main approach we have taken to, in, to deal with red mud is the red mud uh, contain very different minerals compared to iron ore tailings and uh, lead zinc tailings. But it's very alkaline and very saline. For example, in Gulf red mud, you can see the pH can be up to 11 to 13. So that means no plants can live in. Queensland Aluminum Limited red mud can be 9 to 10. Still, the plants can, don't like it. The salinity can be three times the seawater. So we took the approach to see how can we utilize microbial power, chemical engineering, and other biological process to enhance the change of the geochemistry and minerals in it. So the red mud can become something like soil, like clay, heavy clay soil to support coastal pioneer plant community. So far we have achieved a good success and we have several pioneer plant species uh, volunteer and uh, colonizing that. So we call it, we have achieved the first phase of uh, red mud soil formation. We call it early technosoil. The technosoil is basically, the meaning is engineering uh, constituents and uh, uh, formed soil-like substrate. So, or if you want to make it general, it's a growth media. Mm -hmm. So the plants can grow. So that's have a significant uh, financial bearings on the companies. That means they don't have to excavate natural landscape that much to cover one or two thousand hectares. You can imagine, you can easily calculate the volume needed. Even, even let's assume you just cover it for 50 centimeters for 2,000 hectares. How much volume of natural landscape you need to excavate and dump on it? That's a, certainly we are still continue that research. We hopefully can bring this technology into maturity in the next three to five years. So it can really help the industry have that confidence to go on for, uh, forward. Mm -hmm. So it can still provide good uh, um, uh, economic metal. Aluminum is very important economic metals. And also still can uh, employ Australians, uh, uh, local people, indigenous people, can still uh, provide jobs for contractors, you know, and other suppliers. Uh, we know in Gladstone, it's uh, the whole township economy, social community environment, dependent on the QL aluminum refinery to sustainably going forward. And what about your plans for the future? How do you see your research developing over the, uh, the next five years? And can you take this research technology and apply it to a wide range of other commodities within the industry? Yeah, um, the technology, uh, certainly our theoretical 
And so knowledge-based uh, aspect is certainly a lot more mature. We have published several papers now to understand the fundamental process of iron ore tailings formation. We have also gone into the fundamental process, how the red mud from so alkaline, physically bad, become something plants can colonize and sustainably grow. And so my next three to five years really to bring this technology at the same time become uh, deliverable or deployable at industry scale. At the same time, we're still uncovering a lot of the underlying knowledge. So that means we can adapt and transfer this technology to other alumina sites, for example, like Western Australia, for example, like other countries, Brazil, Guinea, China. So. Uh, we have to bear in mind bauxite residual or red mud rehabilitation is global challenge. There's about more than 40 gigaton of red mud already in the landscape across the world. And particularly uh, in China, it accounts for 50% of the uh, red mud volume generated so far. So through this project, not only to try to bring the technology to maturity, we're also uh, educating training next generation of researchers. So that technology can go even forward to other commodity tailings. We're also training PhD students. So really in the next five years, we want to take this technological development into the phase one deployment. And at the same time, we're also def uh, sort of branching out to look into uh, sulfitic tailings. So we are developing a different type of technological approach to make the sulfitic tailings benign and non-polluting. So then make the whole rehabilitated land system become a lot safer. Thanks very much for your time today, Longbin. That was really interesting. Thank you. If you want to find out more about Longbin's work, visit SMI's website, smi.uq.edu.au. And if you want to hear more or read about our work, check out the news and events section on the site. Thanks again for your company.